Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. One day, Jesus will appear in glory, radiating absolute authority. Descending from heaven, he will slay his enemies with a sharp sword and then set up a world government headquartered in Jerusalem. Stay with us. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this, the seventh of ten messages, our focus is on that time when the King returns to conquer. Jesus comes to the Mount of Olives. It is a spectacular return, but it's also worldwide. For this, we have to turn to the book of Matthew. And uh, you remember in a previous message, I spoke on Matthew 24 when we were talking about the uh, Great Tribulation. But now I pick it up in Matthew 24 at verse 27. Jesus is saying that, uh, you know, if somebody says the Christ is over here, he said, don't believe him. Don't even go see the guy. Somebody who says I'm the Christ. Uh, Don't even go see the imam or the man for whom some Muslims are waiting because they believe that he's the Messiah. When he speaks, you don't even have to listen to him. Because if it were the real Messiah, it says in verse 27, For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. That will become clear in a few moments. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the heaven, the powers of the heaven will be shaken, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Talk about a worldwide event. The Bible says that every eye shall see him. Now, how can that be possible? People have said, well, you know, if Jesus ascends to the Mount of Olives or descends to the Mount of Olives, every eye can't see him. Well, maybe television cameras would pick that up. I'm sure they might. But maybe the infrastructure has been broken, and um, maybe uh, we are without electricity. I can't prove this scripturally, but I would like to think that when Jesus begins to come out of heaven, and this will become clear in another passage, I think that the sign of the Son of Man is going to appear. And of course, as the world turns on its axis over a period of days They continue to see Jesus in all of his splendor and in all of his glory appearing and coming to earth. So in that sense, if it happens over a period of time, every eye will see him, as the Bible says. Notice that when he comes, there are going to be all of these convulsions of nature. The sun is going to be darkened. Of course, the moon will not be giving its light because the moon does nothing but reflect the light of the sun. The stars of the heaven are going to fall. 
I mean, you talk about a cataclysmic event, and you have it here. And then the scripture says that um, the tribes of the earth will mourn. And some will mourn because they recognize Jesus as the Messiah, as we read in the book of Zechariah moments ago. Other people are going to mourn possibly because uh, they're going to mourn over their sin, yes, and believe on Christ. Others are going to mourn in agony and reject Jesus. But all the tribes of the earth will be aware that Jesus has arrived bodily on planet earth and that he has descended to the Mount of Olives, which is next to Jerusalem. Now, you'll notice it says he sends his angels to gather his elect. And these angels, uh, which are asked by God to gather the elect, some of the Christians, of course, have been hiding in caves. Some of them have been all over. Some of the Jewish people who have believed, and now many are believing in Christ, the angels are sent to be God's gatherers to gather the elect. Now, all of that seems strange to us. It seems so foreign to our sensibilities. But think about this for a moment. When um, Lazarus died, Luke 16, it says that angels carried him into uh, Abraham's bosom. It says that the angels accompanied him. I suspect that when a Christian dies, it is entirely possible that they see angels who take them to wherever Jesus designates they be, and that is to paradise. So the angels are sent to gather his elect from all over the world. The second coming, the glorious appearing of Jesus, is spectacular. But let me say that the glorious appearing of Jesus not only is spectacular, but it is worldwide as the lightning comes from one side of the sky and goes to another. So will be the sign of the Son of Man, which I interpret to be Jesus Christ's coming itself. Well, now we get to a passage in which you and I are intimately involved. If you want to know what will we be doing If you believe in the pre-tribulational rapture, we'll be in heaven during the tribulation. But imagine this. You, my friend, as a believer, are going to be part of this glorious appearing. Of all the passages in the Bible that I love the most, will give you also some chills, is the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, where we have a more detailed description of this same event, the return of Jesus, and we learn that it is a very victorious event. Revelation 19, you have to see this now with your own eyes. Revelation 19, and we're invited to use our imaginations. I will comment on the text in a moment after I have read it. Verse 11, Revelation 19. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. On his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. 
From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No doubt as to who that is who returns to the earth. Now, let's look at the text more carefully. The means of transportation is a white horse. Should we take it literally? Possibly not. Uh, John is receiving this revelation, and John would understand by this revelation that uh, uh, what we have here is the triumph of Jesus, most assuredly. Jesus absolutely triumphant, because in those days, the Romans, as victors, always rode on white horses. And I think it was during Julius Caesar's reign that he was allowed to ride on a chariot drawn by white horses. So what John wants us to understand is the triumph of Jesus, and he is depicted as coming on a white horse, totally victorious, totally unquestioned authority. So you have uh, the white horse, that's the means of transportation. His name is Faithful and True. Now, there are dozens of names that have been given to Jesus throughout the Bible that we could quote today. Why faithful and true? Because he said that he was going to return, and here he is. He's as good as his word. Amen? Donald Gray Barnhouse, a pastor of another generation, said that there was an unconverted minister who was visiting a woman in the hospital who was about to die. You know that there are unconverted ministers, don't you? And uh, she was so assured of heaven that the young minister felt it was his responsibility to warn her about being presumptuous about having that kind of assurance. And she said to him, if when I die, I find myself among the lost, God will have lost more than I will. He said, how so? She said, I would have lost my soul, but he would have lost his good name. After all, if Jesus promises eternal life to those who believe on him, is he believable? Are his promises true? Can you count on those promises even when judgment seems to be coming? Will he be there for you when you die? Because he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if you believe on me, you have eternal life. Tell me, will he, will he be there for you? Yes, amen. He is faithful and true. Now, let's look at his appearance. Look at, oh, by the way, in righteousness, uh, you'll notice that it says, um, in righteousness, he makes war. And, and everything in this passage, though it becomes very gruesome, remember, it is righteous and true and just. Now, notice what it says. Verse 12, his eyes are like a flame of fire. We have to stop there. These are the eyes that were born in Bethlehem that had to adjust to the dim light of a stable. These are the eyes that wept over the city of Jerusalem. 
These are the eyes of compassion that all of us associate with Jesus, but these are the same eyes. They are of the resurrected Christ, of course, but this is the same Jesus as painted in the New Testament as we look at his life and death and burial. It's the same Jesus, and now his eyes are like a flame of fire. As he's coming, people say, God didn't see what I was doing. I did it in secret, and his eyes will pierce at them, and they all will know that he can see right through them. These eyes are symbolic of the omniscience of Jesus. Nothing has escaped his sight or his knowledge. The Bible says all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Well, my friend, that's very sobering, isn't it? All of us should take stock of what we are doing, what we believe, how we are living our lives in light of the fact that our Savior knows everything. I've written a book entitled The King is Coming. For a gift of any amount, it can be yours. I wrote this book to help us to understand that the reason for prophecy is that we might live every single day to the glory of God. Eternity is long. Time is short. That was Erwin Lutzer with more of The King Returns to Conquer, the seventh in a ten-part series on The King is Coming. When Jesus returns in glory, he'll do so riding a white horse, treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Next time, more details. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to OfferRTW.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.